Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hey, and welcome to this month's edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm Rebecca Taylor, and today I got to sit down with Martinique Lewis. Um, you might know her across social media as Marty San Diego, as her handle is Marty underscore San Diego. Um, she is a fantastic person to chat to, especially if you're looking um, for advice and guidance on diversity and travel, um, which is something that's become more and more important and is finally getting some light shone on it. So, um, yeah, just to name a few of the hats that she wears, she's a diversity and travel consultant. She's the president of Black Travel Alliance. She's the creator of the ABC Travel Green Book. Um, she's obviously a travel writer and journalist. Um, she's all over the world. She has so many fantastic locations and recommendations to you to, for travel. Um, and again, we recorded this in May, mid-May 2021. So um, if you've been itching to travel and you're finally able to get out and travel a little bit because the world is starting to open up, thankfully, um, I really recommend uh, tuning in. We talk about some of those locations towards the end. And again, just how to be a better ally in travel and you know, changing and shifting the focus of mainstream travel media and, and how we can all do our part. Um, and to really get more out of our travel when we do go places and, and different countries and cultures and, and those immersive experiences that I think so many people are yearning for now, especially after a year of, of being grounded at home. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, make sure you do check out Martinique's website. It's martysandiego.com. Uh, through that, you can get all of her social media links, um, as well as a link to her green book if you would like to buy it, the ABC Travel Green Book. Um, yeah, and just enjoy this episode. If you don't already, please like and subscribe in iTunes and Google Podcasts. We'd love to have you there. It's a great little community. Uh, and without further ado, here's Martinique. Okay, good morning. So we're here with Martinique Lewis. Uh, you might know her as Marty San Diego. She's a diversity and travel consultant, president of the Black Travel Alliance, creator of the ABC Travel Green Book, just to name a few of her many accolades. Um, I would love, Martinique, if you could introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners and share a little bit about how you created your brand and, and how you came to be where you are today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. As she says, my name is Martinique Lewis. You are more than welcome to call me Marty. And like she stated, Marty underscore San Diego across all social networks. As she stated, I am a diversity and travel consultant. And you might be asking, well, what exactly does that mean? That means that travel brands and tourism boards hire me to come in and help them with their marketing strategies so that they can reach inclusive communities in new ways, whether it be online, through traditional media, or through just experiences. Um, and travel conferences. I've been doing that for the past three years. I've been in the travel industry for about the past five. And I'm additionally a content creator who focuses on Black travel, um, the, back, the Black travel movement. In addition to being um, a diversity and travel consultant, I'm additionally the president of the Black Travel Alliance, which it's a newly found nonprofit organization that started last June that helps Black travel media like content creators, photographers, videographers, and journalists get the same type of jobs, the same pay, and basically equal opportunities in the travel space. I'm also the creator of a book called the ABC Travel Green Book that takes um, the same, the same, I guess, focus that the 
Negro Motorist Green Book took from the 1930s to the 1960s, except it's not only for America. It is a book that is for six out of seven continents because nobody lives in Antarctica and it helps identify Black-owned businesses as well as Black communities that you probably never knew were, were there. And I additionally sit on the board um, for Condé Nast. So I have a wall of things to do. And actually, oh, I forgot my, my latest job. As if that wasn't enough. I am the influencer manager for New York City and Co., which is the tourism board that is over New York City and its five boroughs. So I am immersed very much so well in the travel space, and I absolutely love what I do. If you met me seven years ago, I would have still been in the fashion industry, unhappy sitting at somebody's desk, just thinking about when am I going to take an overnight trip to Paris because I could no longer take a working environment. And that's literally what happened. I took a trip overnight to Paris for Halloween and I met up with some friends that I had met off of Instagram at the time. They had a black travel movement for black travelers in the UK and the EU. And I just hit them up and said, Hey, you guys don't know me, but I follow your page. I'm coming. Can you show me around? And when they showed me around Paris, it wasn't the Eiffel Tower. It wasn't the Louvre. Uh, it was more of all the Black neighborhoods, the Black restaurants, the Black libraries, the Black history tours. And I remember being so dumbfounded because I'm thinking, as many times I've been to Paris, I've never seen people really who look like me. And if I'm having these experiences, and this is my first time, and I've been traveling my whole life, who else is not having this experience and how can I make sure that they do? And after that, I went home. I might have worked at that job for another month. Then one day I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm immersing myself in the travel industry, not only because I want to you know, help other black people find each other around the world, but I was tired of also not seeing myself reflected. Um, I wasn't in any travel media. My stories weren't in you know, in-flight entertainment. They weren't in in-flight magazines. They weren't in travel publications on my favorites social media sites they only showed one type of person i was able-bodied possibly blonde hair skinny female it was never the person in the wheelchair it was never the muslim with the hijab it was never the blind traveler and i realized that i wanted to advocate for people who didn't necessarily have a voice and that is how i got here wow amazing so you always had a travel bug and it was on that trip that you realized something had to change and especially like you said unbeknownst to you, probably, this whole new career was starting for you, bringing different types of people to the market and showing different faces of travel and everything else. Right. And that's absolutely right. And um, after that, it just, I, I hit the ground running. I never turned back because I know, I knew that I was the only one in the industry who was doing it at the time. Nobody was really talking about diversity and inclusion because when you think about it, that's not the sexy stuff. Why do you want to come to my page when I'm talking about diversity and inclusion? There's somebody else's page where you can go in there and a beautiful bikini with a coconut drink underneath a palm tree, right? That's what people think about when they think <laughs> of travel content creators. And then you have me who's saying there's a lack of this, there's a lack of that. So I was doing it at a time when it was unpopular. People didn't want to talk to me. People didn't want to answer my questions when I would sit at the front row at travel conferences. People didn't want to respond to emails or even answer my phone calls. Um, but now we're in a different type of shift and people are literally knocking down my door because people are starting to realize how important diversity, equity, and inclusion is to the overall travel conversation. Um, there's so many communities who spend tons of money um, who are left out. And so people are trying to tap into that now, and I'm the one to help them do it. Yeah. And there was that report last year too, right? About how much money actually comes from the Black community into travel. And I think that was 
one of the first times in recent years anyways, where people were really awakened to the fact that you're missing out on marketing to this huge population that is spending a lot of money and, and you're yep. losing the business. So that's yep. amazing. So is that part of how ABC Travel Network and ABC Travel Green Book, like, was that kind of, it almost sounds like the idea came to you seven years ago and now it's all coming to fruition or is that just that everything got lined up and the research and everything else that got involved? Like, can you tell us where it is now and, and how it kind of hit the ground running, like you said? Yeah. And it's funny because I'm like, oh, I actually forgot about one of my jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Which you have a lot of hats. Book. I'm telling you, I have a lot of hats. And it just, for me, even me just thinking about it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you really have immersed yourself in this space. But I additionally am the creative lead. Um, for Nomadness Travel Tribe that is was founded by Evita Robinson actually 10 years ago. And it was the first community online for like people of color. Um, and she created this whole community. And when I came in, she let me kind of just rock out with social media messaging and um, just education. And so for Black History Month, I was doing all of these unknown stories about Black people in different places or how Black people ended up in this place or, you know, Black explorers or Black airports or Black-owned airlines. And like, people were like, oh my gosh, like, how come we've never heard about this before? And I'm thinking, yeah, I should put it in a book, right? Mm -hmm. You should know that if you go to Ireland, that there's Quay stays, the all Black uh, bed and breakfast, there, but also if you go to Cardiff, that you can get your nails done, you can get your hair braided, and there's a Black History Tour. So people weren't knowing these things, and I and I remember one of the one of the um, facts that I talked about was the Negro Motors Green Book, and I'm thinking, why did the Green Book stop? But why don't we have anything like this today? And I was like, I'm going to make one and I'm going to make one that d doesn't only tell you about where black people can go up and down, you know, Route 66 when traveling through America, but where black people can go around the world. And so I started putting out little feelers. I'm like, OK, if you want to spend a day in black owned Amsterdam, that's how you do it. And people responded so well. And I'm like, OK, yep, I'm doing this book. So I end up pitching at a pitch competition um, and I won the competition. And that was like the first financial help that I had to move forward um, to get the book started because it took a lot of research. Then, you know, you have to have somebody who formats it. I hired somebody to help me upload it to Amazon. I, I hired somebody to help me be able to do the, um, to be able to do the cover. And so after that, I started the journey in 2018 and I just got lazy. I was like, oh, nope, I don't want to finish the green book. Nope. All right. Eventually I'll get to it. And then COVID happened, right? We're all mm. sitting at home and we're like, hmm, what to do now? Like, we can't do anything. And I remember a few months before that, my friend asked me what was up with the green book. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm just not motivated. I remember at the time he said, you will know when the right time is to do it. And so I started working on it during quarantine. And then the unfortunate death of George Floyd happened and everybody started supporting black owned businesses. And in my head, I thought this is the perfect time to create a book so people can support black owned businesses around the world. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. So I came out on the, the book launch on the same day, uh, two years later than from when I won the, the pitch competition. And ever since then, the book has been doing extremely well. I'm extremely grateful for everybody's support. Um, it's sold over 10,000 copies and it's some of everywhere. And so if feels good to, to walk into somebody's house and see it on the coffee table. It feels good for people to tag me and say, yeah, I used this today and I went here. And as the world opens up, uh, more and more people are able to use the green book.
That's incredible. Wow. Congrats. I was going to ask how the sales are going and things, and it sounds like it's amazing. And I also yeah. feel like you probably did a disservice yourself <laughs> saying that you were lazy in 2018, knowing how much you have on the go. <laughs> so you probably yes. had a lot of other things going on and the book just took a bit of a backseat, but uh, it's so true. It just, it happens when it happens and, it, and it's meant to be maybe. So that's fantastic. Right. And were you, I'm assuming you normally travel quite a bit. So we're recording this now in May, 2021, which if we can all believe we're still sitting with COVID um, mm. issues and in Canada, especially we're a little bit behind you guys in the States in terms of vaccines. But um, did you really have to shift gears and get halted and just totally grounded? Or do you try to place some space in your calendar for, you know, working on all of your other projects and not necessarily always on the go flying all around? Yeah. Definitely, I, like everybody else, was shell-shocked for the simple fact that I had to, um, the simple fact that I had to cancel about six press trips in a span of nine days. And I was like, oh my gosh, so, yeah. you know, for content creators, this is how you make your money, um, mm -hmm. by going to these places, by writing about it. But luckily at the time, I still had like an actual full-time job. So it, it grounded me. But it didn't, it didn't affect me as much as it affected other people. Now, the other thing, it did affect me in the sense that I used to be on the road about 275 days a year. Huh. So once I did that, you know, it grounded me in terms of I had never spent that much time consecutively in my house. I never used my kitchen that much before. Right. I never slept in my bed that much before. So now you're like looking around your four walls and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to paint this. Or, oh my gosh, I need this in the house. So, you know, my house just became into like a huge DIY project within the past year. Um, and so, yeah, it just was really interesting because it's like, wow. And then also as a content creator, it made me explore my own backyard. What do I have right here in the city that I live in? You know, am I expert on the place where I was born and raised? And I was able to get, you know, some work through the local tourism board because they needed to, you know, people to understand what was open, what wasn't open and proper protocols. So it really helped shift a lot of things. But one shift that helped people do was to understand what is your side hustle? What is your second hustle? If you can't travel, how are you still immersing yourself in the travel industry? What projects have you not completed? What, you know, content haven't you put out yet? What, what things haven't you written yet about your trip somewhere that somebody can really find useful? And so I think for a lot of us, that's what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's funny that you say that too, because we've spoken to a lot of, you know, content creators or journalists, travel writers, bloggers, things like that over the year. And we got a lot of similar comments of like, I didn't even know how much food I would eat in a week, <laughs> because I've never been home mm -hmm. long enough. And you know, all those things, it's just so interesting to look back on it now. And, you know, we have made it and the exploring the backyard, I think is something that just blew up in this last year. And it will actually be really interesting, because I know before this, most people, myself included, would think, where can I go next? Where can I fly? Like, what's my next trip? And never look at what's in your own city. Either you're a tourist when a friend comes into town or something and you have to take them around and then you find out all this stuff. Whereas right. now it's been, you're kind of forced to, and it's been kind of nice because, you know, money's going back into your own city and you're going to be an expert yourself when people come around. So I suppose it's some benefits to, uh, small benefits to COVID <laughs> when right. we can find them. Yeah. And as part of your travel writing and, you know, the boards that you're on and, and 
the consulting that you do, you like to showcase minority communities, share the voices of those, like you said, not normally reflected in mainstream travel media, um, which which we are seeing change, um, hopefully more and more every day. How have you seen that change, though? Because you've been in this sphere now for quite a few years, but especially after 2020, like you said, with George Floyd and the catalyst for, you know, all the BLM movement and the uh, protests that went on and things like that. Are you seeing that change even greater now filtering down into the travel industry or do you have any advice for the wider industry to be like a better ally and and how they can be fighting back against that mainstream image that we're seeing? Right. Right before I got on this call, I was on a consulting call with a, a larger brand and my thing to them was you have this, this plan of action, but now I need dates. Now I need benchmarks. When are you going to do this by? And so one thing we understand is that Rome wasn't built in a day. Nothing is going to happen overnight. But the other thing is we have to stop talking about it and being about it, right? So even pre-George Floyd, everybody was like, oh, yeah, diversity and inclusion was just buzzwords, a buzzword, a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Then after George Floyd, that everybody wants to scramble to figure out how we can you know, show that we have a commitment to diversity. So then they created the plan, but now it's implementing the plan. So I still look forward to people Im- implementing the plan because just because you have it doesn't mean that it's active. It doesn't mean that you you know put it to use. So that's one thing that I personally want to see. Um, the other one is awareness, right? So if I say, well, why don't you have any uh, people of color on your team? And they say, well, because people of color aren't applying for our positions. And then I say, well, where are you posting your positions, right? Mm-hmm. Are you posting it with the Black Travel Alliance so that it, it gets in front of you know a different amount of, of African American Americans or African Caribbeans or Afri- just Africans in general, or you posting it to, you know, the Latinx travel clubs so that you can make sure that you're diverse, but they might say, well, we didn't know about it. So a lot of it is awareness, right? Really doing your research to understand who else is in the market with you so that you can reach those goals so that you can, you know, say, well, we want at least 25% of our, uh, of our uh, company to be POCs. Okay. Well, if it's 25%, are you tapped into those travel and tourism, you know, um, education programs that serve, you know, people of color? If so, are you directly, you know, recruiting from those programs straight out of out of college? Are you giving those kids the opportunity to have, you know, internship with you? Are you working with things like Audacity Fest or like with Wavelength, which is a black travel, well, Black Travel Alliance does to make sure that black travel professionals meet with tourism boards? And, you know, are you participating in things like this where you are actually seen in the industry by the people who you're serving and by the people who whose help you need to move forward in the next level? So it's it's a multitude of things, but I know people have changed their hearts. And I think that's what matters. So now it's the execution of that. What does that really look like for each brand? Are you really taking it serious, you know, almost a year later? Um, and, And if you're not taking it seriously, why? And if you are taking it seriously, how can we assist you moving forward so it's not just a plan, right? Because mm-hmm. a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? You, you need to you need to have some action behind it. You need to have some resources behind it. So yeah, that that is what I'm seeing right now. Yeah. And it's like you say, it's kind of, on some ways, it's so basic. It's the, why are you doing oops, something from here? Um, like the same thing, expecting to get a different result. So if you're just posting right. the same ads, wherever you've been posting them and not getting that change. So it's it's that immersive aspect, I suppose. And that must be where you are really coming in demand as well, right? I assume this has really helped 
you grow that part of your business to actually come in and consult and advise everyone. And like you say, put dates on things and checking in, keeping people accountable. Right. Yeah. And do you, as a traveler yourself, and also as you're seeing this and your green book and everything else, what about advice for others and not necessarily, you know, BIPOC or people of color? It's just people who want to go somewhere and travel differently. You know, we're not as happy with going to the resort, drinking our fun drinks on the beach and and ignoring the country behind us. Yeah. What advice do you have for people who want to go a little bit deeper maybe and really get to know the country and the cultures that they're visiting? Absolutely. I always say immerse yourself locally. So like a, a million people get off the plane in Cancun and they just go to the hotel zones, right? Mm-hmm. They don't actually spend time in actual Cancun. What does that actually look like? Because if they did it, they would understand how different it is from what they experience on the resort. They will find food that is much better and much cheaper. They will see people dancing in the middle of the street uh, to a mariachi band to 1 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many great opportunities and experiences that you have when you immerse yourself locally. Now, that doesn't mean if you're a solo female traveler, drink a whole bunch of wine and then have to walk back to your hotel by yourself at 1 a.m. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. It is, though, immerse yourself into those communities and really figure out how you can connect with the communities, even if you can't connect with the language. One thing my sister and I always do whenever we travel somewhere is to go get our feet done, right? Because we know that in order to get our feet done, more than likely we'll have to go into town, right? You'll have to go into the community and then you get to know the people who are in that community, right? Even if they don't speak all the English in the world, or even if you are not as good at Portuguese or not as good as, you know, French, like how it looks, but you're now immersed into this community. You're not eating how these people eat. You're now, you know, having a good time, how these people are having a good time. So I would say, yeah, immerse yourself. Don't be afraid to go outside. And I always tell people, try to uncover the part of the story that hasn't been told, right? stumble upon something, you know, find a museum that that was never written about, eat at a, you know, a, a little hole in the wall cafe um, to get the best experience, you know, ask a local where to go. So yeah, that, that's what I would say, dude. Look for the parts of the story that have been untold. Yeah, I love the too, because we all, you know, women especially, obviously, mostly tend to go get your toes done before like a beach vacation. So why not save it to where you're going and then go locally. Yeah. 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 That's a great little tip. And do you personally being such an avid traveler yourself, like, do you have any favorite spots you can share and they can be totally off the beaten path or, or tips or just, you know, your favorite country that you like to escape to when we can all be traveling freely? (laughs) Yeah. When stuff opens back up, I always tell people to definitely go to Roatan, Honduras. It's, it's a, a island in Honduras and it's normally a cruise ship port. So people normally come in for the day. But if you come in for like four or five days, you will experience such a robust community filled with so many hidden gems. I love Roatan so much because I can do literally some of everything. I can play with a jaguar um, if I want to. I can play with iguanas. I can play with a slop. And these these are just natural animals. They're not, you know, controlled in environments. I could I could go zip lining if I want. Um, I could swim in the ocean if I want. I can go find, you know, uh, a West African community on the shores of the island called the Garifuna and, and dance with them all Sunday night. Like there's so many different things you can do in Roatan. It's perfect for literally 
everything because there's all kinds of people there. Um, I said the same thing about Lima, Peru. You, you'll get off in Peru and you'll be like, am I in New York City? Because it's literally so diverse, right? Uh, you, you'll find Germans who speak Spanish. You'll find blonde hair and blue eyed Peruvians. You'll find Afro-Peruvians. Like there's such a melting pot of people and you would never know because these are not places that would normally be on your radar. Um, for me personally, my favorite spot is London. That is where I live currently. I moved here in March. My second favorite spot over here is definitely Amsterdam. And um, that's because I've been able to tap into the Black communities there. Um, also, so for me, uh, those are the places I say, oh, and Belize. Belize is another place. Um, I absolutely adore Belize. Belize has such a contrast in things. There's there's a place in um right outside of Belize City called the Shipyard. And it is an Amish community. And it is so interesting to see how Belizeans work with these the Amish people who are, you know, from Germany, from Canada. And if you can imagine, you know, Amish people, they don't use any electronics. So it's it's a horse and buggy if you need to get outside of town. They make all of the furniture there. So if you can imagine there's a Muslim person coming into an Amish community and they're meeting each other for the first time. A Muslim has never seen an Amish person. The Amish people have never seen a Muslim, but because they have a certain tour now where you're able to go into their house and have a meal with them, you now created this whole community, you know, this, wow. this whole experience of people being connected. And then they realize that they're more alike than they are, you know, different. Yeah. And it's just moments like that that is like, oh, my gosh, it's so powerful. Also in Belize, um, further up the coast, uh, there's a place called Placentia, and I love it. And one of the reasons I love it is because the the seafood there is ridiculously amazing. Um, I'm a basketball player, so there are always some kids on the basketball court playing with no shoes on. <laughs> also, it's a big fishing town. So you'll see a man literally go into the sea and come back out with like 18 fish that he caught all himself. And for me, it's just like, whoa. And you can also get, you know, the nice resort there. Also, but when people think Belize, they go to the caves. And I'm like, no, don't go to the caves. Go, go to the jungle. Go to the rainforest. You know, go to these small towns by the sea and really, really experience the difference in things that you that you normally would look up on Google or TripAdvisor. Like, right. really immerse yourself. And Belize is also filled with a bunch of jaguars, so you can go through the rainforest and actually spot one. Um, there's another part in Belize that's called Sleeping Giant, and it's this like huge mountain, but they have a, a great resort there, um, where you know you're just you're walking up tons of pyramids and it's just, it's, it's outstanding. So yeah, those are, those are the places I would say visit. Amazing. Okay. What a good collection. I feel like I need to have a whole brain dump from you <laughs> with recommendations because those are amazing. And when you, you know, I know you're in London now and, and they're a lot more advanced with vaccines and, and slowly opening up too. where do you like, do you already have your first trip planned or booked or where, where are you going to go? What's on your post COVID bucket list? If you want to call well, it that. For me. Um, so for me, I never really stopped traveling. So as, as you can tell, I've been back and forth to London throughout the whole pandemic. And then I just finally moved. Um, but yeah, I, I've been some of everywhere. And just two weeks ago, I was in Mexico. 
Um, and then I had to go back to the States to do some work in Seattle and DC. And then in July, we'll go back to Mexico for a family trip um, to Cabo. And so, yeah, we're, I'm still always traveling. It's just yeah. where I can travel to and making sure that there's COVID tests. I, I did Morocco in December as well as Nigeria in December. So yeah, I've still been going. I've still been going. Okay. Amazing. That's right. And how have you mm-hmm. found the travel with flights and paperwork and tests and everything like that? You, you, um, you must be good at it now. So, <laughs> You've been doing it yeah, a lot. So, so finding a, a test COVID center, a COVID testing center has not been hard in any country that I went to. The one thing that I am quite annoyed by is that recently um, the UK government has made it so that you get a COVID test on the second and the eighth day of your 10 day quarantine whenever you come in mm-hmm. and you have to go through their vendors. And their vendors are about 200 pounds. So if you're an American coming in, that's like right around $300, but even more so, the same government offers it for free. So why do I need to pay 200 pounds mm. when I could just order it through your website? Because they send people COVID tests every day. If you want to take a COVID test, you can. There's a testing center around the corner from my house that I could just do a walk-in every day between 8.30 and 2.30 and get a COVID test. So I'm like, why do I have to pay $200 when I could do this for free, basically? So that's the only annoying thing when, when they make you pay a fee before you get there. Nigeria was the same way. I think it was like right around $157. And it was for you to take a COVID test when you first got there and for you to take a COVID test after you left so it's just like well if you are paying for them you definitely obviously need to take them because mm-hmm. if you know you're coming out of your pocket so it could be something that people you know see as being very expensive especially if you have you know a family of five that's yeah dollars in COVID tests. yeah plus so, the hotel stays to, right yeah exactly if you have to show you have to show that you have that receipt or you can't load the, like, you can't check in your baggage. So it's something that they check when you check in, you know, at the check-in counter. So mm. I always tell people, like, just be mindful of the of, of, of that if there's any rules like that. Because in London, there is. Yeah. Or England in general. That is good to know. And uh, these things change so quickly. So you, yep. you, you do kind of hope as more and more people get vaccinated, we'll see a little bit of a release from that you know and they're so different everywhere here I, th- I think it's a three-day hotel stay but then you have to quarantine at home and the UK I know it's 10 days and it you know that's a lot out of pocket like you're saying if you're already going on a holiday adding in those extra costs so yeah anyway hopefully we're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel but you shared um your handle on social media and mm-hmm. your website would be great if you want to share that so people know where to find you and all of your resources yeah, so my personal website is martysandiego.com and that's where you can come and see somewhat of my of my journey in the travel space, but additionally you can um you can also see the different type of work that I do. Um it breaks down like what I'm able to offer in terms of consultancy and just what I, my outlook is in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion in the travel space and then for the book it's abctravelgreenbook.com and that's where you can go to order the book. So yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining us. I'm so glad we were able to connect and share this and share it with everyone else as soon as it's published. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.